Welcome to Know Your Risk Radio on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Know Your Risk Radio is hosted by Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Know Your Risk Radio is brought to you by Bulwark Capital, helping families navigate the ever-changing and often volatile markets. Know Your Risk Radio starts now. Here's your host, Zach Abraham. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us for yet another of the most scintillating hours in finance radio. And got a great show planned for you today. I, I mean, I'm legitimately pumped up. And it's, and it's not because I'm going to a youth, well, it's not a youth football, but a football, it's for my youth football team. Going to a football clinic. And it ju- I, just be, I just so happen to be lucky enough to where my best friend, who's the head coach of Enumclaw High School, uh, he's talking, he's got two. So I had to go hear him talk, which I'm pumped about. I don't tell him that I, I don't want him knowing that, right? He just, he, his head will get too big. Plus, you know, it's that whole thing. You know, we're like brothers, you know, it's like, I can tell you that I think he's a great guy. Just don't let him know. I think that, right? God forbid. <laughs> I can't show any true affection, Right? It's, I mean, it breaks guy code, you know, but anyway, uh, no, but I'm pumped about the show we've got because so much of the st- guys, like I've said, is it crazy? Yes. Is it fraught with risk? Yes. Is it good for our country? No. I think it's all insanity. At the same time, we're watching a lot of these pots starting to boil that we were, that we were, that we've been talking about. Uh, we'll see where we close, but you got the NASDAQ flirting with a, New all-time high, so a breakout, and that would mean all three indexes are all-time highs. Uh, it just doesn't get more bullish than that. Now, how's the underlying economy look? Not great, <laughs> right? Not, and again, it doesn't still look bad. The places that are getting all of this insane amounts of government money look good. Everywhere else, not so good. Real estate continues to weaken. So let, let's get in the market breakout. Okay, so... Before I want to get started here, uh, well, how we're going to start the market update is I just want to talk about when when we get, if this is correct, right, if our view that the Fed is likely to cut this year, and and the reason why is I, I just, I think they're a slave to the market. I think that, uh, I think that they are horrified about the idea of markets doing something ugly this year because- you know, you and, and look, and you can say whatever you want. I just, I, I, I would be shocked if the vast majority, if not every single person on the FOMC, would not much more prefer Biden in office than Trump. And right, and I, and look, this is not a political statement. Okay, I'm not saying that's well, what, what, what I'm saying about that is just trying to sit back and handicap the situation. Right, just again, like you guys will hear me. You know, I'll, I'll interject politics sometimes, but but the reason I'm not going to really dive into the political side of it is this game is hard enough without having to factor in the idiocy and lunacy and just ridiculousness of our current political setup, right? I, I just think it's a distraction. And if you're out there doing that, if you're out there investing, just don't, please don't. You're going to get hammered. You, you got to be unemotional. You got to be detached. And it's tough. I, I'll admit it. It's tough. You know, sometimes, you know, and, the, and this job is a perfect example. Sometimes it is tough and I struggle with it every single day. It is tough to want to be long stocks because they're going up because your government is doing insanely irresponsible things. It doesn't feel right. Yet at the same time, that's your job. I got to protect my clients from market collapses, but also from inflation. And when I look at what this government's doing and the ease at which they deceive us and the ease at which they lie now, I, I just, that's the other thing. I, you know, you don't even know who to trust. Right? Who do you listen to now? We all know this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, again, we've got enough to focus on here and to state not to get into the ridiculousness that is the current political system. Anyway, <clears throat> now, but what I do want you to be careful about is that if this scenario plays out, I was doing a lot of studying this week and I was reading through 
blog articles and actual news articles from money managers, some really funny ones from Jim Cramer that were really, really ironic, talking about right in the height of 99, 2000. Now, if you have to put traditional valuation metrics aside and the market has changed and this time is different and then whack, because it's never different right now. It is a little bit this time just because this government has cut every every bound every every binding that was tying them to any sort of fiscal responsibility. No one cares, right? Fiscal there is no fiscal restraint. That ship has sailed. So you don't hear anybody talk about it. You don't hear anybody mention it. You know, except people, you know, people commentators like me, or you know the people that care about the future of the country, but we all know those people don't live in DC. So, you know, whatever, but you're going to hear a lot of bad analysis. And the reason you're going to hear a lot of bad analysis is because the longer these things go up, despite, you know, erosion to the underlying economy and all the issues and insane valuations, people are human beings. And you'll watch them rationalize because it's just like they just can't take the pain of being on the wrong side anymore. And things have gone up so long, right, that it's just – and it's weird for me to read this stuff just because I'm not built that way, right? Like I, the way I approach it is if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense, and I don't care if it keeps going up. Right? I know where that leads eventually, and if that means we got to sit out of the party, then so what? Right. I, I'm just not one of those people that's going to that's going to do something that I know. Is ridiculous because of short term gain or the hope of short term game gain. Now, we're still going to hedge the tails like we talked about so we can keep up. You know, we've talked about that with the client. You know, we're going to have stuff in the portfolio in small amounts that can go up a lot with this stuff as it runs. And hopefully keep us up. We are this year outperforming the market so far this year, not by a lot. But remember, we just not we don't have nearly as much risk exposure either. So, and that's the goal in these environments, right? If I can keep my risk under control and still stay in the realm. Now, if I can match it, great. If I can outperform it even better, great. But I am not leaving my wingman, right? Think to think top gun, right? Our wingman is risk management. That's what ensures. And guys, here's the thing. You see people making a lot of stupid calls right now, okay? Because they're thinking about today and they're not thinking about tomorrow. They're thinking about what they make over the next eight to 12 months doesn't, that matters. It really doesn't. What you could lose over the next eight to 12 months does, especially if you're within five years of retirement. So getting to my point, be careful about market analysis. Now, you guys know I'm always going to shoot you straight. Hopefully you know that. But <clears throat> I was reading this analysis that this guy was like, you know what? This reminds me a lot of 1995. Now, what he was alluding to is that this thing is just getting warmed up. And this thing's going to go berserk. I mean, I think the market was up like 250, 300% or something like that from 95 to 99. He's making this argument. Okay, so we went back and looked at it. Today, the PE ratio on the S&P 500 is closing in on 30. Okay, you look at all the valuation metrics, most expensive market of all time. Go back to 1995, like he's talking about, you're trading at like 12 or 13 times earnings, right? <laughs> So that alone right there, I just go, this is already a horrific comp, right? Then you look at the years leading out of it. You had a recession in 91, early 92. You know, 95, you were just really starting to ramp up the growth coming out of that. And he's like, oh, well, that's like coming out of COVID. And you're like, that wasn't a recession, dude. Household wealth went to all-time high. Unemployment's at a record low. Okay. And the reason it's human, it's just human behavior dynamics. The reason is, is because this keeps going beyond any rational norms for valuation or threats or geopolitical issues or anything like that. And after a while, people get tired of being wrong. And so then they begin to try to rationalize how they can change their outlook. And like I said, we go back and we were looking at articles and blog postings from 98, 99, and we saw it all before these big, long, elaborate, esoteric and seemingly intelligent analysis pieces on why they are abandoning their valuation rigor, 
why they are now changing and accepting the fact that it is different this time and that these things should not be constrained by traditional valuation metrics. And literally all of that stuff came out in the last six to eight months of the run, just in time for those people to get all loaded up on that stuff and get destroyed. Now, does that mean I think that that's about ready to happen? No, I actually think that you're staring down. I think the possibility that we go out of control to the upside like we did in 99 is greater. But the And this is what's so dangerous about it, because if that is in fact the case, that's when we'll, you will see optimism and excitement at its zenith, and that it will be precisely when you should be managing risk and watching that downside. It just is. The other one we want to look at here now, this is really getting interesting. Crude oil is breaking out. It's been stuck in the doldrums for a while. Crude oil is breaking out. And the reason I think that's important, guys, because you're watching certain parts of the economy showing renewed weakness, real estate being one of them, commercial real estate especially. And I'll, I'll tell you a story about that. And, 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 and I've got an anecdotal story about commercial real estate, and I want to use it as a reminder to all of you about the way we should think about investing and how it is the antithesis of what you're hearing on TV. It is the antithesis of what you're reading in these analytical reports. And remember, I'm not saying that because I know the outcome. Okay. But what I do know is there is no more important factor in the success of an investment than the price you paid. And the irrational part about markets is the excitement to buy goes up with the price to the point where you're at today that people that know better, which there aren't a lot of those, but people that know better are making rationalizations for the values. And most people don't even look. Most people don't even know. And we want to want to explain that too. So I want to get into that. That's going to be our final segment. Uh, <clears throat> so, again, you're still, like I was saying, you're still getting these mixed economic readings. You're going to keep hearing on to you. Economy is so strong. Atlanta Fed GDP nowcast has us sitting at about 2.1% GDP growth. Okay, so like we said, we are slowing, but it's a pickup from where we were. And markets are breaking to new all-time highs right now. Now, we got to see if, again, we're right there, right there on the cusp of it. Why is that a big deal to us? Because I think that as markets go up another leg, that's going to reignite, you know, that's going to reignite even more economic activity, going to reignite. It's probably going to be an upward pressure on inflation even more. And remember, inflation now has been going up for three three months in a row. And they're like, oh, the core PC guys, the, the core PCE one that they're they're talking about doesn't include homes, food and fuel. Right. So. Who cares? Right. I mean, they're going to cite it because that metric shows what they want to see. That metric shows what they want everybody else to see. OK, but that's not the issue here. The issue really is home prices, oil. And when you see oil breaking out here, especially with the weakness that we've heard economically coming out of uh, China, things of that nature, different sectors, I, that's really interesting. And, and, and again, the reason why is inflation is a or oil is a huge feed in. To inflation, right? Because everybody has to pay it. It's basically a tax on an economy. And so what's fascinating, like I said, you still have this commercial real estate default thing coming down the pipe. It's happening as we speak. Defaults are picking up on a daily basis. You can go read them. People are like, I'm not hearing about it. You're not hearing about a lot of things. It's just happening every single day. Okay. And it's picking up pace. And it's putting pressure on banks. Okay. In a normal market, you would see that reflected in price, but everybody's high on printed money still, right? Just where we're at. Yields continue to be pretty stubbornly subdued. I mean, I would think that they'd be higher right now, especially when you're looking at, you know, inflation readings and things of that nature. But everybody is hell bent on the fact that Uncle Jerome is going to bring them rate cuts. And this is the issue. Like I was telling you earlier, when you gin an economy, when you you know, juice up an economy for this long on monetary policy, you've trained it, right? You've, you've created a Pavlovian response. So the, one of the reasons the market is up so much is because of the weak data coming out in ISM. 
right? That is me. Remember, that's ISM is manufacturing index, right? Tells us what's, you know, what's being produced, what's being ordered, what demand looks like. It's important. You get a weak reading on that and stocks pop. Why? Because they don't care about fundamentals. They care about printed money. Why? Because printed money and low rates have been the lifeblood of this move. It just has. That's just a fact. And so you've trained these markets, right? So what the Fed would like is a bad ISM reading comes out. They'd like to see yields drop. They, and yields did pull back a little bit. They'd like to see stocks get hit a little bit, slow down the froth, right? Get people a little nervous, get people saving a little more money, bring inflation down, and then allow them to cut rates and, 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 and keep things going. Problem is, is the market's looking right past that. And that's a problem because inflation is ramping again. Now, not huge. I don't want to sound the alarm, right? But it's moving in the wrong direction. And so what you're seeing now is you're watching the Fed. The Fed right now, in my opinion, is like a poker player that's running out of outs. Right? Meaning he's only got the river card left. Now, there's, there's outs. Things could develop. He could, he could catch one on the flop or, he, excuse me, he could catch one on the river. Which is, I'm talking no Texas Hold'em lingo. And no, I'm not a poker player. Everybody always asks me that. I bet you're really into poker. No. When you manage money every single day, at least now I know a lot of other money managers are, I don't want to sit there and think about ratios and odds and money and all that kind of stuff when I'm not working. That's why I like to go play golf and coach football and boating. I love being on the water too. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to stay on point. So um, no, but you're just watching these pressures build and and what's, and, and they're so conflicting, right? You got, you got inflation picking back up, Right. You got certain sectors of the economy that are just being bathed in government money doing really well. Unemployment still low, which is still putting pressure on inflation. Right. And now you got oil starting to pop. And yet you got a you got a massive wave of commercial real estate defaults coming down the pipe. Right. This is what I'm saying about them being stuck in a corner. They got all this stuff going on over here that would suggest they really need to cut. Problem is, they got a bunch of stuff going on over the other side that says that they shouldn't cut. And this is the problem. Like they, they, they've 100% created this problem themselves. 100%. Because now when they actually need things to calm down, they won't. Because anytime something bad comes out, the market goes, great, more printed money, more rate cuts. It's kind of like the market has turned the Federal Reserve into their lapdog. And I, to some degree, it's hard to argue that they haven't. I mean, it just, it is what it is. And you put the gun to my head, what are they going to do? They're going to cut or launch another liquidity facility this year. And when you're looking at markets breaking new, new all-time highs and pushing these valuations uh, and people betting on ridiculous stuff, you know, all the stuff. Buffett was talking about – and this isn't just me, guys. Go read Buffett's normal comments. I, I, let me just tell you this flat out, okay? I'll just, I'll just make a prediction. A lot of you are going to lose a ton of money and you're going to have nobody else to blame but yourself. All the signs were there. If you heard guys like me talking about it, you hear Buffett. Buffett's recent comments were, this, this market is more like a casino than any, at any other time in my career. And I don't know all the reasons why and I'm not going to tell you why, but he's also sitting on $150 billion in cash. Why? I mean, to be fair, he's stacked big amounts of cash for several years now, and I've mentioned it before on the show. So again, Buffett doesn't know the time or day. But what I'm saying is, hey, yeah, get all excited. Be all aggressive here, guys. You're, you're in a bubble. You're in a bubble. And, and it's so frustrating to me because I know the majority of people are going to have recency bias and they're going to say, well, that's what, you know, that's what people said here and there. And then they're going to get smashed. And then what are they all going to do? All crying in their soup going, Oh, it's, but this and that, no valuations. If you don't know, if you don't understand valuations now and saying this all is, you shouldn't be managing your own money. And if you are, and if you do understand valuations and money and you're not concerned here, it's just because you haven't been doing it long enough. Right. You have it's either that or you're an idiot that doesn't learn his lessons. Then I could name a bunch of those right now. Many names, you'd know, but I'm not going to do that. That's untoward. But remember, like this is the tough part about it. I've got it written in my notes. You know, and we'll get into this. We're going to get into this the next segment. But, you know, the siren song of easy returns. 
It's amazing to watch how many people get their hands burnt trying to reach in for that. Even though we've got example after example after example, the most important factor in any investment is the price you pay. And you've never bought them at a more expensive price. Good job. And if you're getting sucked into that, you, A, you shouldn't be, and B, you need to talk to somebody that's going to, I need you to think longer than six month intervals, guys. Okay. When the, it, it's, it's time to, you, like, <laughs> you need a defensive strategy in play. Because if this rhymes, if, if this period of time is like any other periods of times we've ever seen, it's going to end in tears. And you got all the signs, crazy valuations, crazy market moves, markets not caring about fundamentals, staring solely at the Federal Reserve. And, you know, they probably won't get the blame, but I just I, I'm holding out hope that they do just because I think I think we're to a point where unless the Federal Reserve is reconstituted or remade, I don't really think we got a shot as a country. Uh, just because they anesthetize every bit of pain. And when they do that, they take away the impetus for our elected leaders to make changes that actually need to be made, right? Why isn't the government worried about budgets? Because of the Federal Reserve. Because they know if nobody else buys the debt, they will. And they'll print more money. And the Federal Reserve, it's not our fault. No, you're just the enabler. You're the adult at the meeting. You're, you're the adult passing out fists of Stoli's vodka to everybody at a high school party. Well, they're not our kids. We didn't tell them to drive. Yeah, but you gave them the booze. So frustrating. But other ones, Bitcoin breaking out to a new all-time high or just right on the edge of it. NASDAQ too. All of those signs of the idiocy and liquidity, they're all back. And what do you do in that period of time? You manage risk and you ride the bubble. Why do you ride the bubble? You don't do it. You do it in a risk-managed way like we're talking about. But why? Because we, we probably won't capture it all, you guys. Right. But if we get a good move, we could be looking at portfolio moves of 50, 60, 70 percent. And a very, very again, I'm not saying that's the odds on, but I'm saying that's kind of what this environment looks like. And we'll see. It's not my prediction. I think it's the odds on favorite just because. Again, election year, you add all the different things up and then again, the fact that you're sitting at new all-time highs and it just looks like the Fed's going to have to cut into that. I, I just, it's hard for me to not see it going that way. But anyway, we got a lot more stuff to get into here. Uh, next next segment is going to be danger zone. I want to talk about, <clears throat> we're going to get into that valuation thing and the comps to the past, but why, I, and I want you to, you know, you're probably not going to hear this analysis from many people who are just like sitting there going, look, this is really scary. At the same time, it's probably going to go up a lot. Right? People are like, oh, you're a perma bear. And I'm like, if I just said I think the market's going up a lot, I don't really think that's bearish. Right? Why am I bearish? Well, it's because being financed by money we don't have. Right? So I'm bearish long term, but short term. But, but it's really why and why is taking advantage of that? Because it's what protects us against inflation. Right? So – also, we got another Know Your Risk seminar, roadshow coming up, roadshow seminar coming up. It's free of charge. It's going to be coming up in about four or five weeks toward the end of March. So go to Board Capital Management if you want to subscribe to that. It costs nothing. I'll talk about it more in the next segment. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach uncover the truth about the financial markets with simple and honest advice to help you plan for retirement. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. How many times in recent memory has your financial advisor not reacted to current events and also not made a change in your investment portfolio? Now, think about all the volatile events during that time that have threatened your retirement. That's Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Todd, we talk about it all the time. Risk management. It's our number one focus. We actively manage every portfolio daily, looking for opportunities to lower risk, lower cost, and give you as much upside as possible. 
Let us show you how Bulwark's risk management strategy can protect that retirement you've worked so hard for. This is exactly why you need Zach and Bulwark Capital in your corner. You only get one retirement. Learn how Bulwark does it with their free common sense investing guide. Call 866-779-RISK or simply go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Tech Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Okay, I can't believe I haven't used this analogy before. But I really want you guys to understand what I'm talking about. And I hate, are you a bearable? Right? Because it's too nuanced. There's way too much nuance to that topic than to say, are you like if, you, if you're an adult and you're paying attention and you understand balance sheets and math, uh, I, I think everybody should be a bearer, right? But if you also understand market dynamics and flows and how they impact prices, it looks like a pretty bullish setup. Not fundamentally, but it does look like a pretty bullish setup. But this is why I refer to this. And, and I, as you, just so you guys know a little bit about me, um, I have the tendency to, when I get into something, I become obsessed with it, right? And I've got to understand it. And it's it's why I do this for a living because <clears throat> I've mentioned it before. You know, economies and stock markets are like a never-ending jigsaw puzzle, right? It's, it, there's an infinite number of pieces and you can never solve it. Not perfectly anyway. You can get it really close to solved at certain times. But it's an ever-evolving dynamic situation that's endlessly fascinating to me. But – that part of my personality has existed ever since I was a kid. And the first time it really came out was surrounding like military uh, and especially fighter pilots. I was all gunned up on military. And then a movie called Top Gun came out. I mean, I was so gunned up on military. I was the kid that was walking around, you know, at four, five, six years old with a flat top. Because I, I I had to have one. I had to look like my uncle who just got home from the Marine Corps. And and I begged him for my birthday. What I asked for him for my birthday was for him to get me a set of real Marine Corps dog tags. Then I saw Top Gun. And then I wanted to be a naval aviator or a naval aviator. And uh got obsessed with airplanes. I still know more like I, <laughs> <laughs> the knowledge that I amassed about fighter jets and military tactics and air and air to air. I was convinced I was going to fly Tomcats. I was absolutely convinced. <clears throat> and then I fell in love with football and that kind of altered the, the course there. But I can't believe I haven't, I can't believe I haven't used this analogy before the danger zone, right? Highway to, we all know the song. Uh, <clears throat> because I, and, and they're like, well, Zach, if you think the market's going way up, why is it a danger zone? Because these are the most dangerous times. If what we think could happen, if it plays out, it's the most dangerous time. Because in that time, like we've talked about before, price is such a liar, right? It's completely detached from fundamentals and it's just reflecting flows. Why is that so dangerous? Because when that's, when that's the situation, reality can reassert itself and it will at any given time. And when it does, that's when massive collapses happen. Because asset prices have gone so far that they're no longer tied to anything, right? And so just think of it as a giant air pocket. Company might not go away. Company might be a great company. Bottom line, it's just sitting on, a, on an indefensible price. And we're going to get into a little bit more about what that means. Because I had some good conversations uh, with some clients this week. And realized I think it's something that we need to be looking at on a regular basis. So actually I'm, I'm going to address it here in this, in this one, maybe make a little note right here. Um, <clears throat> but why it's so dangerous is because the sober minded investors out there that do want to manage risk and want to make sure that their money lasts all their retirement. And they realize that the goal is not just to make as much as they can over the next eight months. The sober minded investors are often urged or convinced or persuaded or coerced in some ways, meaning like I've told you guys, there's something in here that, that retail investors at home probably are not really aware of, which is professional risk. 
It's one of the reasons people get hit so hard when bubbles collapse. Why? Because the money manager is sitting there going, look, I want to generate good returns and I don't want my clients to get hammered. But at the same time, if I continue to underperform this market, even if I'm doing it for the right reasons, even if I know these prices are too high, I'm going to get people to leave me. And it's just, it's, it, that's another perfect example of human behavior bias, right? That fear of missing out for whatever reason, even when we know that it doesn't end well, that fear of missing out almost always trumps discipline in these situations. And the reason why is because we get emotional. I'm, I'm buying and selling a house right now. And the real estate agent came to me and said, look, uh, here, you know, here are the, here are the numbers on this. You know, here's, here's where we think that your house should sell at, but you know, here's this. And I know you guys were looking for this. And I just said, listen, um, you're the professional, do your job, right? You put it where this isn't emotional to us. The market is what the market is, right? I get that. So we, you know, you're, 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 you're doing this for us. <clears throat> you know, do what you do what you do. Being in my situation, that was tough too. I'm, I'm going to tick some people off. Like you didn't pick me, you know, friends, clients, family members, you know, pick me for your, just for all you out there. This person bought a specific deal to us. They are a friend of ours and we wouldn't have known about this deal unless we, this person would have brought it to us. So before I get the hate mail or whatever, you didn't use me. <clears throat> the other thing is it's it's kind of intimidating. Yeah, anyway, uh, I don't want to go down that path anymore. <laughs> but but it's not emotional. And that's what I said to this person. And they responded back, well, that's so refreshing. And I'm like, well, it shouldn't be. I manage money for a living. So it's just, you know, we understand these things. But it got me thinking this morning in show prep, sitting there going, that's the killer. We all like to think of ourselves as not being emotional, but we are. And what's an example of emotion? Now, I'm not talking about hedging tails. I'm not talking about buying things that are very speculative in small amounts that can go up. That's a form of risk management. That's a way that allows our clients to not feel that fear of missing out while simultaneously not overexposing them to the risks that, 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 that have to come, right? The, the, the chickens will come home to roost. And, and that, there, there's another one. Why all of a sudden do we think it won't? Because we're being emotional. And what you got, what you have to remember, guys. And please, everybody listen to this because this is one of those things that I think that the vast majority of us believe that we're already doing. The vast majority of believe, when, when you hear me say this, the vast majority of you out there are going to believe, well, he's not talking to me. And I, I include myself in this. I have these conversations with myself constantly. Just remember, if you get emotional about money, you're going to be wrong. Why? Because money isn't emotional about you. It doesn't work that way. It's binary. It's a one or a zero. It's just numbers. Well, Zach, you tell me not to get emotional, but it is emotional. If that's you, that is precisely why you shouldn't be managing your money. It is not emotional. And the minute you get emotional about it, you are not acting rationally. You might not like to hear that. But it's a fact. There's also not a way to get emotional about money without making bad decisions because it doesn't care. And that's why these times are so dangerous because you will see daily examples that make it look as if you're wrong. You will see daily examples. You will hear regular anecdotes, probably on a daily basis, that will even further reinforce the notion that you are wrong. And finally, it'll get to a point where you can't stand it anymore. And usually that point is right at precisely the wrong time. It reminds me of a steak omelet. I always tell you guys, I'm going to be open about it. We actually really did. We did very, now I was managing a tiny amount of money, but we did very good during 0809. Part of it was luck on my part, um, but part of it was I, I thought there was a big issue in real estate in the banks, and I thought the market was oblivious to that, and I didn't make anywhere near as much money as we should have, modest double-digit gains during that period of time. But remember, the market was down 60% plus top to bottom, so very good outcome. But what did I do? 
I was concerned about banks and I was concerned about real estate valuations. And I turned around and bought my first home in 2006, the summer of 2006. Actually, a funny story. Bought it within 45 days of the ultimate peak of that entire market. So I'm bearish this stuff. I'm positioned in a way that we made money in the collapse, but I still bought a house. Why? I got emotional about it. The reason I bought a house, and I remember the conversation, said, if we don't buy one now, we're not going to be able to afford it. Ding, 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 ding. Nobody else will either. That is the worst reason. That is an example of FOMO, right? And and that's what so many of you are doing right now. And just be honest with yourself. And, and look, I'm not saying this so you call us. What I'm saying it for is so you can avoid, right? You, when you're thinking emotionally, it's like ordering a drink. And not expecting to have to pay for it, right? But you know, if you're acting emotionally, it's going to come at a cost. There's going to be a bill. And if that's you right now, you need to reach out. And if it's not to us, to somebody else, because your money doesn't care. It's not emotional about you. It's not how it works. And that's why this is the danger zone. Because it's going to show you, like I said, daily example. Oh, you're wrong. You don't need to look at valuations anymore. 50 times earnings is cheap. This is a new market. AI is going to change everything. It's all been said before. We've done this all before. And it all ended exactly the same way before. But this time it won't. It's a siren song, easy money. And like I said, the killer, the killer is you can have the best of both worlds. You can position yourself like with somebody like, well, hey, if this scenario happens, great. We'll have a great year. We'll go up with it. We're, I mean, we're just going to stay for, we're, we're just going to stay loaded for bear the entire time. We're going to stay cautious. We're going to keep a net underneath us. Why? Because we're not emotional and we know this is nonsense. And we have the ability. We have the discipline. Our frontal cortex is developed enough for us to know, hey, probably not the best idea to jump in. Probably caution is probably the better part of valor. But we hear the siren song. It's like Odysseus. Right. The sirens on the on the just keep keep your ears plugged, because if you hear it, it's going to suck you in. And you're going to find any and that's the other tough. You're going to find any number of experts and analysis that will back that up. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, cash flows are the only thing that matters. And if you're out there buying companies that are growing revenues at six to eight percent a year and you're paying 50 times earnings for a company that's barely producing any, you're going to get slammed. And if you don't know what I just said, if you don't know what that means, call us or somebody else for crying out loud. And I look, this client probably knows who I'm talking about and I love them. They're actually a dear friend as well and a very smart, successful individual that is very responsible financially. But we were having this conversation. We were talking about a certain stock. And he said, well, what do you think about this company? And I said, well, I think it's a good company. I think it's got good people that run it. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, you're growing revenues at about 12 to 15% a year, and the thing's trading at 25 times revenue. Not sales. 25 times revenue. Okay, so let me put that into perspective for you. Let's say a firm like Bulwark, and I'm obviously not going to divulge what we make on the, on the radio, but let's just say a company like Bulwark or, or whatever, fill in your own blank. Let's say it makes five, let, let's say it does 5 million in revenue in a year. And of that, you know, a million dollars is profit. Okay. And let's say that revenue is growing by 15% a year. And we come to you and your couple of your buddies and say, Hey, look at this company. We want to sell some, uh, but look at, you know, look at this great revenue growth and we're doing 5 million in revenue a year and you got a million dollars of profit. Pretty awesome, huh? We'd like to sell you guys part of this or we'd like to sell you the whole company. And they go, great. What price do you want? And we go, uh, yeah, about 150 million bucks. And they're, they're, they're sitting here going, what, huh? Yeah, about 150 million. And they go, well, 
hold on. Uh, I thought you just said you got five million in revenue and a million dollars of profit and twelve and a half, twelve to fifteen percent growth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, then how? Why would we pay one hundred and fifty million for that? Well, it's a going rate, man. And I mean, you don't you don't want to miss out because sixteen months ago you could have bought the company for fifty mil. Right. So now it's an, I mean, you know, at this pace, it's going to be at 250 mil in a couple months. I mean, we're, Hey, we're offering you a bargain, baby. And then you look back at it. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on a second. But you want me to pay $150 million. Well, why don't I just take that $150 million and stick it into short-term treasuries and make seven and a half million a year? Why would I, why would I, when I can do that with the 150 million, why would I buy your business? And you go, well, those treasuries aren't going up 80 to hundred percent a year in value. You're going to miss the boat guys. If you didn't get what I just said, seriously, stop, re- go listen to this on the podcast. If you're listening on the radio, because we podcast this all out for free, go listen to that again. That's what everybody's doing right now. They're forgetting that there's an actual company under here. And if we put this in those terms, you wouldn't touch any of this stuff. And that same client that's really smart, and he goes, well, Zach, this one really isn't expensive. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, the share price is only $24. Guys, whether the share price is a million dollars or whether the share price is 10, it has, it's telling you nothing about the valuation of the business. For instance, if the share price is... $1,000 a share, All right? Let's say it's 1000 bucks a share and the company's trading at five or six times earnings and trading at 1.1 times revenue and has no debt. That's a cheap company. Conversely, you could have a company that's trading at $10 a share that has three and a half billion shares outstanding and it's producing... $200 million of profit. You, 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 what I'm saying is the share price doesn't tell you anything. What you got to look at is how many earnings per share. How If I buy this stock at this price, if I buy, and remember, it, it, don't think about it in terms of just share price either. If, if I buy a share of stock, what percentage of the company is that? Okay. And then whatever percentage that is, go look at how much profit they make. And as a shareholder, that's what you just purchased, right? You, you, you purchased that tiny percentage of the company, which entitles you to that tiny percentage of profit. And, and my analogy of talking about a company like Bulwark is perfect. That people aren't doing the math. They're going, well, yeah, that thing's going to double that. It's called the capital appreciation game. We're at the greater fool theory of this market, meaning that we're buying investments and we've got a portfolio for most of us, portfolios full of these types of investments where our whole investment thesis is that somebody dumber than us is going to come along and pay a more expensive price. Okay. And they, they probably will for a little while, but you know, what's funny is that dries up that quick. That's short-term thinking. And guess what? Retirement's the opposite of that. And again, like I said, if you don't understand that valuation, then go back and listen to it. Go rewind. Go listen to it again. Because it's the only thing that matters. And if you don't believe me, go listen to Buffett. If you don't believe me, go listen to any great money manager worth their salt, except Jim Cramer. He's not. He's a media personality. He's not a money manager. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. He had one good run in his career, and it was during another bubble, okay? And he's walked headfirst into every bloody bubble there's been and gotten decimated. Not a shot at him. I'm just stating reality. Not the kind of guy you want managing your retirement portfolio. But if this stuff resonates with you, if you're sitting there going, this doesn't make any sense, why do these things? Give us a call. There's a better way. You don't have to take that risk. And more importantly, well, I think we could still capture a lot of this upside if this insanity. I mean, is our goal to beat it? Sure, but we're just not gonna we're not gonna risk the we're not gonna risk the farm doing it. Can't do it. Our job is to finance the rest of somebody's life. 
It's not to maximize profits in a 12-month period of time. If that appeals to you, give us a call, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. Stick with us through the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach discuss key investment strategies across several asset classes, not just stocks and bonds. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. How many times in recent memory has your financial advisor not reacted to current events and also not made a change in your investment portfolio? Now, think about all the volatile events during that time that have threatened your retirement. That's Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Todd, we talk about it all the time, risk management. It's our number one focus. We actively manage every portfolio daily, looking for opportunities to lower risk, lower cost, and give you as much upside as possible. Let us show you how Bulwark's risk management strategy can protect that retirement you've worked so hard for. This is exactly why you need Zach and Bulwark Capital in your corner. You only get one retirement. Learn how Bulwark does it with their free common sense investing guide. Call 866-779-RISK or simply go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Tech Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. And this is going to be a short segment, but I want to reinforce this. And I want to tell you, hopefully I've got some credibility with you guys as an investment professional. I guess that's what you're called. It always weirds me out. If I was ever a I don't want to step on anybody's toes. If I was ever a doctor, I wouldn't want people to call me doctor. You know, it's like weird to get called by a title. It's like, man, I'm not that old enough to have a title. You know, like, you know, I feel like you have to have like, and again, I'm not saying, I feel like you have to have like no hair, you know, or all white hair to be, you have a title. Like, you know, because I feel like unless that's the setup, you don't have enough time in the saddle. You know, to really be deserved. Anyway, I'm wasting time. But I want to give you an example of where you know, Wayne Gretzky had a famous quote, right? You want to skate to where the puck is going. And investing, it's very much the same. And this is my point. You guys have heard me talk so much about the commercial real estate issues, especially in commercial office space. You know what I did yesterday? I went and looked at a commercial office space building. Went and looked at it with the perspective of potentially buying it with some partners and, and the bulwark team is we, we are filled to the brim here. We got another office across the hall and we've already filled that up. So we're getting a little bit tight in here. Uh, <clears throat> so we're looking for space, but there's also all kinds of wonderful tax advantages and all that kind of stuff to do it. But the reason that I'm going to look is because it's so bad. Everybody out there right now buying and all this stuff and everybody's excited they're all excited because things are good. Right? What, what should we be doing in this environment? We should be looking. Why? Why should we be looking for the things that are beat up? Because that's where the value is. And, and, you know, guys write books about this. Dodd or, you know, Benjamin Graham, security analysis, Buffett. We, we, we've got all these examples. But yet so few of us do it. Well, commercial real estate. But Zach, you said it's really scary. Yeah. And the price is reflected. I was looking at a building that got bought five years ago for $9 million. Right now we can pick it up for 3.3. It The replacement cost on this building is about $25 million. Now, does that guarantee it's going to be a big win? No, but I was walking through the numbers. When I look at the advantages it gives me as an owner, it guarantees me I can't lose. And then, right, because even just through the rental income and the tax advantages and stuff like that, it's a no-brainer. But then you also have the possibility of it going up a lot in the event that interest rates go down. Because interest rates have a huge impact on commercial real estate. It's like a, it's not like the stock market. It's a real asset. So, you know, right, stock market, interest rates go up, down, and market cannot care about it for a period of time. 
It doesn't work like that in commercial real estate. There's actual impacts. But that's it. Is it a little? Yes, it's a little scary, but you get used to it. Meaning, you know that if you're shopping value, it's like when we were buying oil stocks, you know, right after it went negative 38 and everybody looked like you were crazy and you're sitting there going, we're not crazy. It's free money. I can't tell you exactly when it's going to pay, but it's free money. What are we all doing? We're all doing the exact opposite. In investing, you want to run into the fire, not away from it. And what are we all doing right now? We're screaming away from it, running toward the specter or the promise of big returns. And they, okay, hopefully it works. But this was my my analogy. This is why I've been telling you guys, look, we want to benefit from the bubble, but we don't want to lose sight that the greatest opportunity to invest is going to be on the other side. So it's fine if we make some money on the bubble on the way up, but we got to make sure that we're protected because we ain't going to miss the giveaway. We ain't going to miss that moment like when Buffett says it's raining gold. When it starts raining gold, we're going to have 50-gallon drums out there ready to, but not if we get rocked. And if you want to make sure that you're on that side, give us a call, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, go to the knowyourriskradio.com, boardcapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Thanks for listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham now at knowyourriskradio.com. Zach will be back with more Know Your Risk Radio next Saturday at noon on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. How many times in recent memory has your financial advisor not reacted to current events and also not made a change in your investment portfolio? Now, think about all the volatile events during that time that have threatened your retirement. That's Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Todd, we talk about it all the time, risk management. It's our number one focus. We actively manage every portfolio daily, looking for opportunities to lower risk, lower cost, and give you as much upside as possible. Let us show you how Bulwark's risk management strategy can protect that retirement you've worked so hard for. This is exactly why you need Zach and Bulwark Capital in your corner. You only get one retirement. Learn how Bulwark does it with their free common sense investing guide. Call 866-779-RISK or simply go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Tech Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.